Welcome back to Man It Is The Only True Crime Podcast on the internet where all the killers are real animals. My name is, of course, James, and your name, of course, is Gary. Unless your name isn't Gary, in which case I've got a real fucking bone to pick with my analytics company. It just tells me that everyone's name is Gary. Part of me wants to, you know, believe them because I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Part of me thinks it's improbable that you're all named Gary, but I am yet to be proved wrong. So if your name is not Gary, what I need you, <laughs> what I need you to do is to send me a letter. Now I don't have a mailbox, but I do have a raven hole. So if you have a raven, you can tie your letter to. You do that. You send it to my home address. It is. And I will, <laughs> I should bleep that. I should absolutely bleep that. That's, I'm going to get 100% doxxed. I'm going to have shit delivered to my doorstep. I'm going to have a bomb put in my raven hole. Um, I'm going to get shot in the face. Uh, anyway, welcome to the podcast. It's nice to see you. Um, we have a really exciting episode today called The Beast, of uh, the Malaway Terror Beast, um, similar to The Beast of Jevodan. It's kind of like a, a semi-cryptid uh, yeah, like it's it's almost a cryptid, but it's not quite a cryptid. Um, we'll probably be talking a bit more about cryptids as the podcast progresses, because the more I look into these animals that aren't properly identified, the more interesting cryptid stories pop up. So uh, if you're interested in those, stay tuned. Before we get into it, just a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, last week, I was saying it would be great if we could hit 3,000 uh, streams before the end of the week, and we did that. Congratulations. Thank you so much. We hit 3,000 streams, which for a podcast, it's been going for years and years and years that's nothing that's not much at all but for this little show that I'm currently recording in my bedroom if you could see the setup by the way you would be shocked that it had 3,000 streams I'm currently sitting at my desk in my little weird office I have a microphone stand with a broomstick stuck through it and a towel draped over it that's what I'm using for soundproofing this is an absolute clusterfuck let's just call it that uh but the story is interesting and that's what's keeping you glued to it so i won't keep waffling on um the Malawi Terror Beast is a really interesting story that comes out of Africa, Central Africa, I believe. Um, it's about a animal that we think we have identified, similar to the Beast of Jevodan. We think we know what it is, but there is no actual proof and no evidence that that is confirmed. And there are many people and many reports that dispute the claims. So officially, this beast is a hyena, but uh, people who have seen it throw uh, doubt onto that aspersion. So. We're going to jump straight into this story. Uh, hold on to your hats. Hold on to your penises, ladies. This is the Malloway Terror Beast. The Malloway Terror Beast refers to a rabid animal, most likely some form of hyena, that killed at least three people and badly injured at least 16 more in 2003 in the small African nation of Malloway. Malloway officially known as the Republic of Malawi, is a landlocked country in southeastern Africa that was formerly known as Nisaland. It is bordered by Zambia to the west, Tanzania to the north and northeast, and Mozambique to the east, south and southwest. It has an estimated population of about 19.5 million people and its largest city is its capital, Lilongwe. The country is nicknamed the Warm Heart of Africa because of the friendliness of its people. In 2003, the friendly people of Malawi came under attack by a horrific monster. 
While officially the beast was identified as a hyena, both eyewitness accounts and expert analysis have thrown that theory into question. It is thought that the Malawi terror beast attacks began in the Dawa district in early March 2003. While Dawa is only around 60 miles from the capital city of Lilongwe, many areas are sparsely populated and the area is quite mountainous. Villagers fleeing their homes sought safety at a community centre in district headquarters where parks and wildlife officials first learned of the attacks. More than 4,000 people fled four mountain settlements when all was said and done. These refugees brought tales of a huge, dangerous animal actively hunting people in the area. The creature had killed two elderly ladies and a youngster, crushing their skulls and consuming their intestines and genitals in each case. Those who were fortunate enough to escape the attacks suffered horrible disfigurements which were studied by local specialists in an attempt to identify the beast. At least one woman's face had been completely ripped off, and two more victims had been rendered blind. Several victims lost both their legs and hands, while two others lost both their ears and eyes. The beast ripped the nose and mouth off of one very unlucky woman. This horrible method of selective mutilation is more akin to cruel human murders than those committed by mad animals. The following is a BBC News article published on March 5th, 2003. At least three people have been killed and 16 others severely injured by a mysterious wild beast running wild in a mountainous region in Malawi. The rampaging beast in Dawa district, some 100 kilometers from the capital Lilongwe, has sent at least 4,000 people fleeing four villages to seek refuge at a community hall at the district headquarters. Parks and Wildlife Officer Leonard Sifu said his department believed the mysterious beast could be a rabid hyena, but he said it was strange for a hyena to terrorize whole villages without being cornered. He said his department was examining the maimed people to establish what the animal could be. Dr. Matthias Joshua, the Dower District Health Officer, told me on Wednesday afternoon that two old women and a three-year-old baby died when the beast crushed their skulls and ate their intestines and private parts. All efforts to shoot and kill the animals so far have failed. Dr. Joshua said that the 16 victims admitted to the hospital following the latest attacks sustained various appalling injuries with some of them completely maimed and disfigured. He said that some had lost both legs and hands while two have lost both ears and eyes to the beast. One woman lost her mouth and nose. Dower District Commissioner Charles Kelambe said that the district administration is currently feeding the homeless people, but more researchers are needed as the rural district is unable to cope with the unexpected number of displaced. In August last year, a mystery beast killed five people and maimed over 20 others before game rangers and para paramilitary police managed to gun it down. Parks and wildlife officials identified this slain beast as a rabbit hyena, but residents disputed this, saying hyenas normally have shorter hind limbs. Residents who came up close to the current beast, like 30-year-old Morgan Amoni, currently at the Longway Central Hospital looking after his father, and was one of the two victims referred to by the hospital, believes that the, the beast is not natural. He said he believes it is the same beast that was shot dead last year, and has resurrected to exact his revenge on the people. 
As you just heard, an aggressive unidentified animal terrorized the region for the second time in less than a year, with attacks the previous August resulting in five deaths and 20 maimings. The animal was eventually slain by a combination of patrol game rangers and paramilitary police on the day. While officials classified it as a hyena, many witnesses argued that it lacked the underdeveloped back legs that give spotted hyenas their distinctive movement and slanting back. The nature of these attacks, according to some people, did not resemble those of a predator because the victims were often horribly maimed but left alive. Instead, they believed the attacks showed a level of premeditated malice. Many of the locals returned home under armed escort a week after evacuating their houses. The animal responsible for the attacks was never found despite a thorough search by park rangers aided by police officers and the military. Park officers concluded that in 2003 the attacks were most likely the work of hyena after an inquiry. However, the animal was never captured or killed in this case, and animal specialists have questioned whether a lone hyena could attack entire settlements of people. Those who saw the animal dismiss claims it was a hyena due to its large hind legs. Many local residents believed that the unknown animal is the soul of a similar beast that was killed a year before, after it slayed five people, and that it has somehow returned to exact revenge upon those who claimed its life. Some say that the Malawi terror beast could have links to another cryptid from Africa known as the Nandi Bear. We will cover this creature on a future episode. To this day, no one knows what the beast was, where it went, or if it's still out there, waiting to attack once again. And that was the Malloway Terror Beast, a, a shorter story than we might be used to, but there actually isn't that much information out there about that. That BBC News article that we read is the primary source, really, at, at this point. It's uh, been nine years, how many years would it have been? 19 years? Yeah, it's been 19 years since these attack ha attacks happened, uh, and there was not a lot of reporting about it. I believe that, you know, in that area of Africa, we don't hear a lot of news from that area, so that BBC News report is kind of the best information we have. Um, th what makes this story quite interesting is the, uh, the possibility that this is a cryptid. It is, it is not an officially identified, well, I guess it is an officially identified animal, but the amount of doubts thrown on that uh, assumption kind of bring the whole claim in, into into question. Um, uh, there are a lot of cryptid, uh, supernatural cryptid uh, enthusiasts who really like this story. Um, in fact, there, are, there is a cryptid wiki like a Wikipedia for cryptids uh, that has more information about the Malloway Terror Beast than the actual Wikipedia article has. Um, they draw a lot of, uh, th there's a lot of speculation, I guess, as to what this is. One one website claimed that the um, Malloway Terror Beast re uh, resembled, I can't remember the name of the beast, like a hyena-like beast from World of Warcraft. Um, they say that that's what it looked like. It, like, obviously that's not what it is. It can't be a beast from World of Warcraft because that's an, a fictional beast. Um, that was invented for a video game. Um, you know, other theories are that this hyena could have crossbred with some kind of animal, like the Beast of Jeffordon. It's likely that that was a wolf crossed with a dog or uh, something like that. Similarly, this could be a hyena crossed with some sort of domesticated or undomesticated wild dog, potentially. Um, we just won't know. Um, the likelihood of this animal still being out there is low, um, and if we haven't found it yet, we probably will never find it. Um, another possibility is that it is a spotted hyena with some sort of mutation that allowed its, uh, that, that grew its hind legs larger than 
would normally occur with a hyena. Um, but it is quite a scary story. It's insane that a single animal could evacuate 4,000 residents from villages. That, if you think about that for a second, that is insane. Imagine if your entire neighborhood had to leave their homes because a coyote or a dog was attacking people and biting their genitals off. Uh, now that I say the genital thing, it actually makes a lot of sense. I would definitely evacuate. There's not a chance I would be hanging around. Um, yeah, the Malloway Terror Beast. Uh, I'd really, I like these stories where there's a little bit of mystery involved. Um, it does make this feel a bit more like a true crime uh, story, as well as the horrific details of what happened. People losing their faces and their penises and uh, their hands. Um, it reminded me a little bit of the Trevor story, or Tra the Travis story. People losing their hands and how he just ripped the hands off. Um, whatever this animal was, it was clearly pissed off. Um, there is uh, the story never even mentions what the uh, apart from the you know the theory that it's getting revenge, which is not a likely <laughs> a likely motive. Uh, we've talked in the past about how like injured animals often prey on humans uh, to um, what is it to like because they are they're unable to hunt their regular food source um and there have been other stories like what was the story we we talked about last week the coyotes potentially that they were disturbed they had kids or uh, they had just been uh raised to not fear humans um and to view them as a potential aggressor or food source there's no theory about that with this story we don't know uh why this potential hyena did it uh it just did it people died many were injured and 4,000 people had to evacuate their homes so it's not a small deal uh at all it's it would be it would be wrong to say that this is a a, a blip you know that this wasn't a big deal this is a huge deal when people die and people get attacked and people are forced to leave their homes uh it's a huge deal especially when it is caused by uh something as seemingly innocuous as a single animal uh we're gonna move on now to the next segment, which of course is the scratch of the day. Um, our first story uh, is about a wild bear attack, a sloth bear in fact. So if you go back and listen to the sloth bear of Mysore episode, um, it might give you a little bit more context about these animals. So the headline here is, two farmers killed one injured in wild bear attack in Jakan. I am, it's in India, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing the name correctly. Um, this article, by the way, is clearly written in Hindi or uh, I guess, in, yeah, Hindi uh, and has been translated automatically into English. So I, I'm just reading the English translation, but I think it was like one of those auto things. And I don't think that the journalist actually checked the English pronunciation. So, or the English uh, translation. So let me just do my best. If there's anything incorrect, it's not my fault. This was published on the 22nd of April, 2022. Two farmers were killed and one sustained grievous injuries when a sloth bear attacked them in Jakan Gulma district on Thursday, police say. The three members belonging to a family were engaged in plowing their paddy fields in the morning when the animal attacked them at the Ambira Nejistoli village under the jurisdiction of Karanj police station on Bando Block, a senior officer says. These, I'm going to just skip the place names because they're all in Indian, uh, they're Indian names and I'm just terrible. I'll do my best to do the uh, names of the people though. 56 year old uh, Lalit Kishan died on the spot while Subhash Kishan, 25, and Mangleshwar Kishan, 35, sustained grievous injuries after the wild animal pounced on them suddenly. The injured were rushed to, uh, to a hospital, I'm just going to say a hospital, for primary treatment before they were referred to a medical institute of science, 
or sorry, uh, God, I can't pronounce the name. Rajendra Institute of Medical Science in Ranchi. Subhash Krishan, however, succumbed to his injuries in the facility, the officer said. The incident took place at Embera, a village of 200 households working uh, between 5am and 6am on Thursday when the three farmers were working on the farms. Divisional Forest Officer Gumla uh, Sikrant Verma told PTI, which is the uh, website that published this, the village is adjacent to Launda Forest. As per the information we received, the sloth there was passing through the farm field and it suddenly attacked the farmers and killed one person on the field and left two critically injured, he said. He said that the two injured Subhash and Mangla, uh, sorry, Mangleshwa were immediately brought to Ranchi. Subhash, however, succumbed to his injuries. Mangleshwa is undergoing treatment and his condition is stable. All three people had serious face, face and head injuries, Virma said. The incident of a bear attack at Embira village is rare, even though there is a presence of a large presence of the animals in hills between Embera and Ambula villages, he said. The next of kin of the deceased will be given an ex gratia of four la. Uh, oh, okay. I'm not sure what this says. RS4 la each, as per the rules. I think the translation has failed there. Uh, I guess RS stands for rubles or, or whatever the uh, Indian currency is. I'm going to just say dollars, but a, whatever the Indian currency is, you go with that, okay? We have already given the. Uh, We've already given 200,000 dollars slash whatever it is to each of the family members of the two people who died in the bear attack, Vera said. Besides elephants, man-bear conflicts also cause huge damage to life and property in Jakhand. As per an estimation of the forest department, the population of sloth bears could be between 1,200 and 1,500 in Jakhand. There are eight subspecies of bear in the world, which of which four, the Asiatic black bear, including Himalayan brown, Malayan sun bear, and sloth bear are all found in India. Um, yeah, so sloth bears, as we learned from the mice law sloth bear story, um, extremely aggressive animals, uh, will not hesitate to tear someone apart. And the, like the, uh, like the bear from Japan that we covered a couple weeks ago, they do not hesitate, um, to go for the face and the neck. Um, that's why so many of these people die from crush injuries to their heads. Uh, obviously super sad for that person's family, although that family, cause it was three people in the same family. Uh, hopefully those that survive recover relatively well. Uh, and yeah, thoughts and well wishes to the, uh, the person who passed away. And next story, uh, thank God is a bit more lighthearted. We haven't had a lighthearted one for a little bit. Um, this is about a moose that attacks a man. Isn't that lovely? Um, the headline is spring is in the air. Tourist tries to pat the moose instantly gets attacked. Um, this is from a website, I believe that focuses on sporting. So I think that this is like the context of this is they're talking about, um, I think a, like a jet ski event or something. I think it's in Canada. Let's, let's read. We'll see what happens. It's like hearing gentlemen start your engines at the Indianapolis 500. It's been said that the season opener for spring is the first time of the new year a tourist at a national at, at a natural destination such as Yellowstone National Park does something that prompts a wild animal attack. 
Even if the attack didn't happen in Yellowstone, which appears to be the case in this event, it still marks an important time of the year, when the much-anticipated mauling season is right around the corner. Jesus Christ, these people are not handling this subject with as much tact as we would on man-eaters. Uh, but I'm a professional at this point. These guys are not. In all accounts, oh sorry, by all accounts, yeah, I'm so professional, I can't read. By all accounts, the first event of the year occurred a few weeks ago in Canada, according to the Canadian website Nouvelles. The title of the video posted on the site tells the story, Never Pat a Wild Moose. Oh, by the way, for those in North America, we say pat, like I'm gonna pat the dog, not pet the dog. Uh, yeah, just because that seems to be important to the story, I'm gonna say pat, not pet, because it seems weird to me. Of course, the video goes on to show that's a wise bit of advice. The video shows a snowmobiler climbing off his snow machine and walking over to, a che to cheerfully greet a moose like he's meeting Bullwinkle at a carnival. However, Bullwinkle is not happy to see him. Instead of shaking the tourist's hand, the moose gets up on his hind legs and knocks him down, then repeatedly kicks him. Okay. No mercy. When the guy attempts to roll to safety, the moose follows him and continues to pummel him. In fighting parlance, it's an absolute ass whooping. Then, in English, a voice announces that the moose broke the tourist's leg. Seconds later, the video shows the kick that may have just done that. In the meantime, the tourist's friends appear to show some concern. Well, you would hope so but not enough to risk the wrath of the miffed moose. Mostly, <laughs> I, do, I do like that alliteration. Mostly the injured tourist's pals, including the guy who kept the camera rolling the entire time, just have a front row seat to the epic battle between a snowmobiler and a force of nature weighing in at more than 1,000 pounds. The condition of the tourist is unknown. Many of the French-speaking commenters, however, mention his snowmobile escape serious injury. Wow. That just shows you the priorities of Canadians. The clock is now ticking for the first event in Yellowstone. Yikes, these people at this website do not seem to hold the idea of animal attacks with any reference or fear. Um, they're, just, they're just waiting for a brown bear to eat some poor Japanese tourist's face, I guess. Um, but yeah, don't pat a moose, dumbass. Um, I don't know if... You, uh, moose are an example of the animals where like, Inherently, I know they're large animals, but when you see videos of them next to people, you're like, holy shit, that thing is massive. Uh, as I mentioned, like, I went to the zoo a while ago and saw a giraffe. Obviously, giraffes are tall. That's, like, I, like babies know that. That's, like, the first thing they teach you is the giraffes are tall. But I was still surprised at how tall they were, and I think the same thing happens with a moose. So, yeah, don't pat the moose, uh, Mr. Tourist, and I hope you're okay. I like how it says the condition of the tourist is unknown, but the French-speaking commenters mentioned that the snowbill is okay. So, snowmobile's fine. Uh, guy may be dead, but that's that's fine. That's that Canadian sense of prioritizing. Um, we have our first ever follow-up pup now. So, a follow-up pup, we're just going to do a uh, follow-up to a story that we've covered in the past. Um, this is a follow-up to a Scratch of the Day segment from, I think, last week or the week before. Uh, if you remember, a... Uh, dolphin named Sundance, I believe, um, attacked a trainer by continually ramming her towards the side of the, um, the tank at Miami Seaquarium. So there is a follow-up pup. Um, the headline is, an animal trainer is on the road to recovery. 
The Miami Seaquarium employee posed with a stuffed dolphin on social in a social media post, writing on Instagram that she's doing well after being attacked by a dolphin. She was injured while performing at the Seaquarium's Dolphin Flipper Show on April 9th, but posted that she doesn't blame the animal for what happened. Well, you would hope not. It's an animal. When you keep animals in little... Uh, I'll, I've got to stop myself from going on a rant. SeaWorld sucks. This isn't SeaWorld. It's a Seaquarium, but still, it sucks. An investigation revealed that she had accidentally scratched the dolphin and the animal reacted. I was thinking about this the other day, about how, how do you scratch a dolphin? Like, um, you don't have claws. I would imagine that these trainers are instructed to keep their nails short for this exact reason. Um, so potentially she scratched on a nail, maybe a toenail or something like that. I also thought that maybe um, she, the dolphin could have become scratched on like the zipper on her wetsuit or something like that. But that's just purely speculation. I was just thinking about it in the supermarket the other day and I was like, I bet it was the zipper. I bet it was the zipper. So they need to design their wetsuits with zippers on the inside or something. I, I don't really know. Better yet, don't keep dolphins and, and killer whales um, in tanks. Let them go into uh, sanctuaries. But that's a story for another time. Um, thank you for listening to this entire episode of Man Eaters. I hope I didn't rush through it too much. I'm just on my way uh, to a rehearsal and uh, I wasn't going to have time to record this. It's actually Anzac Day on Monday. Um, so those of you outside of Australia and New Zealand, Anzac Day is kind of like Memorial Day or, uh, or I don't know, Veterans Day in the US or whatever. Basically, it's it's a celebration of, um, of remembrance for those who have fought and died for our country, particularly the Anzacs who sacrificed their lives in Gallipoli in World War One. Um, but yes, so the episode may come out a little bit later. I'm not sure when I'm going to get a chance to edit this. It doesn't matter. You're, you're loyal listeners. I'm sure you'll get there. Um, before we wrap up, I just have a few shout outs I want to give. I want to give a shout out to Jared and Sammy and Alex, who all sent me lovely messages on my Instagram, which is at Jimothy Chaps, and also um, the podcast Instagram, which is at Naneeters Podcast. Um, yeah, so I really appreciate that. That's, that's lovely. Um, it's nice to get feedback from you guys. I uh, really appreciate it. Also, uh, I'll give a second shout out, why not, to Tristan, who sent through um, some ideas for episodes last week and I looked into them and I think I'm going to do both of them at some point um, they're very interesting so thanks for that if you have a uh, man eater story that you find interesting that you think I should cover that I may have not heard of before uh, you can absolutely send that through to me so the best way to do that is through the email account which is maneaterspod at gmail.com um, alternatively you can always send me a DM on Instagram or reach out through the Facebook page I will check it all and I'll always reply um, until I get too many people that I can't reply to but that's not for a long time, so don't worry. Finally, look, last thing. This is embarrassing. I don't like. I, I don't like doing this. But, like, I'm a white guy who hosts a podcast, and apparently it's just like a rule that you have to do it. So I've started a Patreon for the podcast. Um, it, you, like, by no means do I expect any of you to actually go and do it. It, I, that's, I don't even. I would like that, but it's not necessary. <laughs> um, it's, it's, I just thought I'd put it out there for like, you know, people who had a little extra money who would like a little extra content. Um, it's just gonna sit there for a little bit and we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, if you did decide that you wanna become a patron and support the podcast, I would so appreciate that, that would be incredible. But like I said, I do not 
I do not expect that of anyone. You don't have to do it. It's just there if you want. Um, but yeah, like I said, if, if you if you do want, that's amazing. And I'll work up uh, some cool behind the scenes content, maybe some merch, who knows? That would be fun. A little man eaters merch, that's cute. Um, so yeah, if you want to sign up for that, you can. It's at patreon.com slash maneaters. Um, it's, yeah, it'll, it'll be great. It'll be fun. Uh, it'll be a fun little way to, to interact with the community and to get your ideas on stories. You can participate in polls, all that kind of jazz, all that kind of stuff. Um, and obviously the more interest we get in the Patreon, the more uh, we can do. So feel free to sign up for that. Again, no worries if you can't do that. I'll still be releasing all the episodes like I normally do once a week. Um, but it, yeah, just as an experiment, let's just see what happens. If we do, if it does really well, uh, I will post more potentially on this uh, free on the Spotify and stuff like that. So, so go for it if you'd like to. One thing I want to mention about the the, the Patreon though, um, it just be aware that it's in Australian currency. Um, so like the first tier is like five bucks. Um, that's in Australian dollars. So like if you're in the States, like it's actually gonna be less. It's probably gonna be like $4 or something for you. So if you're interested, go check it out. I'd appreciate you go checking it out. Um, yeah, man, need, uh, what is it? Patreon.com slash man eaters. Have a look at least. If you're interested, you're interested. If you're not, that's fine. Um, I'm gonna wrap up this episode now. Thank you all so much for joining me. We're at episode, I think 18. Was this episode 18? Holy shit, we're getting so close to 20. This is blowing my noggin. Um, we will do a special episode at episode 25. Um, yeah, with, wow, this is episode 18. At episode 25, which is only in ooh, seven episodes from now, um, we're going to do, we're gonna, I've been teasing it for ages, we're gonna do the Jim Corbett special. So uh, we'll talk about the man myth legend, Jim Corbett. We'll also re-listen to some of those stories that uh, he is involved in, and I'll give a little bit extra uh, commentary on those episodes. So it's probably gonna be our first hour long episode. Um, really excited for that. But again, not for a while. We've got some great stories coming up for you. Um, what, what's one? The the Leopard of, I can't even pronounce it, Rupenyang, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, I'm also really looking into the um, Azaria Chamberlain situation with the, the dengue took my baby. You know that one? Um, that's interesting. That's a big story. There's a lot of legal mumbo jumbo in there. That might be our first two-parter. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, there's plenty more animal man-eater stories out there. So stick with it. If you're not already, make sure you're following me on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, all the podcast places. Make sure you're following so you get notified when a new episode comes out. Um, I really appreciate your support. If you have not done yet already, please give us a five-star review or like it, whatever you need to do. I really appreciate it. One person told me, that it's not always super clear how to do that. So what you just do, like for example on Spotify, is just search for the podcast, go to the podcast itself, not an individual episode, go to the podcast, and then right under the description, um, it's got like a little 4.5 and then there's a little star, you just click that, and you can click a, a star, and you can give it five stars, and you click submit, and it'll say thank you for rating, and that's how you do it. Um, Thank you for your time. I appreciate you so much. You're, you're, you're good pals of the podcast. You're absolute beasts. Have a fantastic week. If you're in Australia, have a good Anzac day. Um, make sure you have a barbecue. That's kind of the thing we do here. Um, yeah, look after yourselves, everybody. Stay safe because as we have learned, it is a jungle out there. <laughs>